This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello and welcome to a slightly different version of Gone Too Far because for this episode we're bringing you an exclusive interview. And I should say, not from the world-renowned Purple Radio podcast studio where many greats have passed through over the years. No, this is a recording from more humble surroundings, a dingy cell that nobody else dares to enter, my bedroom. For this interview we talked about semi-professional football. It's highs, it's lows, and everything in between. And who better to do that with than a long-time friend who knows exactly what it's all about? My name is, as always, Luke Power, and I was joined for this chat by Luke Christie, a fiery-haired goalkeeper almost as tall as the Empire State Building, who has played for a variety of clubs, including Radcliffe in the seventh tier and Chorley under-18s. Let's take a listen. How are you doing, Luke? I'm good, thanks. How are you, Luke? I'm doing good, Luke. Good to hear from you. So I guess we'll get straight stuck in there. So just talking about your career, where did you start off and kind of how has your career progressed? I was picked up by Preston North End and I was there until I was about 12. Then from there, I basically just played Sunday League football till I was about 15. And then I got picked up by Chorley and I played for their under 18s for three years until I was 18. But during that time, I also went Radcliffe FC. And I was there for, well, I was there for the best part of three seasons till pretty much January. I was playing for uh, Radcliffe's under-21s on the bench first team. I mean, I did make a couple of periods. Yeah, so Radcliffe, of course, a very competitive level in the Northern Premier League Premier Division. Just wondering, of course, for most of us at university, we're not going to end up as the Liverpool stars, but maybe semi-professional football is something to which we can aspire. What are the entry routes? How do you get involved? Do you send off clips to clubs or do you just get lucky with a scout wandering by? There's all sorts of ways. Networking is a massive thing at the moment. Like at the moment, I'm without a club. So I've been like messaging managers. For example, I've messaged Vauxhall Motors manager and uh, they're in the Northwest Counties League, which is two below where Radcliffe are. I'm in something called the Goalkeeping Network bunch of goalkeepers from uh, all over the country all set all semi-professional keepers like all the up the levels so even like national league keepers are in there like obviously that helps us with our networking because like we know more people so like there's also like coaches in there so they and we'll do like training sessions with each other and uh, they'll go on youtube and things like that so it's all about like networking and getting yourself out there sort, sort of things knowing be knowing people helps a lot in football absolutely yeah so, so- Knowing people is what one of the big factors, but then finally, if you're lucky, you're in a football club. And so I guess we can talk about training with that. What are sort of the training levels? How many days a week are you thinking about improving fitness skills? <laughs> As a team, mm. it's, we, we usually do twice a week. So ours was a Tuesday and a Thursday. For me, five to six times a week. So whether that's obviously like going to the gym, going for runs, bike rides, training in itself, like, obviously with the team, is very, very high intense. So, like, for example, yeah. when I was at Radcliffe, we had uh, John Mackin, uh, ex-Man uh, City striker, and Frank Sinclair as our um, management staff. So you can already imagine, like, obviously they're ex-professionals, like, what their training standards are about. And this is, like, basically why we got promoted uh, last season. What's the style, say, with training? Do you go into a lot of tactical detail? Because some people just assume probably that are non-league, they just expect you to boot the ball up. But I'm sure there's more to it than that. Well, 
there's a lot of a lot that goes into like the tactical analysis. So obviously, like you said, non-league does get a reputation of smash, smash and grab sort of thing. With, with some of the pitches you play on, it can be like that. But there is a lot to say about like the tactical analysis within the game. For example, last season, we'd have team meetings for like half an hour before we started training just to go mm. over like what the other team were about. So obviously, like there's a lot of footage in for non-league now out there. So like we'd have like footage from teams were playing, go over like how we're going to beat them in different ways. For example, last season, playoff final. During that week going up to the playoff final, we watched a lot of footage on League Town, who were the team we played, and how we could break them down, get forward basically, and how, how to defend against, how to defend, because they were quite very good at set pieces. So how to defend against their set pieces, etc., etc. Yeah. So you talk about you've worked with ex-professionals such as um, John Macken. I was wondering, what sort of seriousness do the players invest in it? Do you get a lot who are very aspirational and actively trying to climb the ladder or do a lot think, hey, I've got a family, I've got a full-time job, I'm happy playing at this level? From my experience at Radcliffe, it was very much progress, 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 get as high up as we can possibly get sort of thing. Last season, our goalkeeper, Oli Martin, he's got aspirations to obviously to get back to professional times because when he was uh, my age, even though he's only 24 now, he was at Fleetwood and like getting when this one Fleetwood were like obviously lead two at that point. So yeah. he's got aspirations because obviously he's still, still young at 24 to get up there and get into that league. We have like a lot of players that have already played at that level in our team. You have fantastic team morale sort of thing. Like we had, we had some great team yeah. morale. It was brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's a funny one because I often, when I watch a, a lower league game or football league, you don't notice as much difference as you would think. There's often very talented players at every level. Just a couple of examples. There was a player once called Adam Morgan. I don't know if you remember him. used to play up front for Liverpool. And Robbie Fowler once said he was one of the best finishers he had ever seen, played a few times for Liverpool. And then just a couple of years later, after a couple of unfortunate spells, he was at Hemel Hempstead. And now he's near the bottom of the eighth tier with Romford. So it just goes to show there are so many players who have had the potential. And then there's the opposite of the spectrum, like Jamie Vardy, who have really proved with hard work ethic, you, you can rise through the divisions. But for those who have already played at a high level, what's it like? Being released from a club, how does it feel? How do you get back up on your feet after being told you don't have a contract here anymore? I kind of had that when I was at Preston, but obviously I was only like 13 at the time. So I still had years behind me. Obviously I got lucky, got on at Chorley, and then obviously yeah. stayed there for three years like whilst I was still at Radcliffe. It's obviously hard, because especially if like some of them got kids, maybe I have to try and find a job, etc., for example, I don't know whether you know him. Jane McEverly used to play Sheffield United in uh, when obviously we went up from yeah to the Premier League in two thousand. What was he a centre back? What position yeah. did he play? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's now playing for Warrington Town. We were in obviously the same wow. same league as Radcliffe. I know he's obviously. Yeah. I think he's like thirty now or something, maybe thirty-one. But, like, obviously, I can imagine for him, obviously, it's hard because, obviously, like, he's been professional game, been mm. there, done that. So like, you got to go and get a job. It must be hard for them. But, obviously, they still want to play football so they still want to get themselves back up to that level. I kind of did it in a way, like, I was glad that 
I left the academy system, not not when I did, but that I didn't go straight back into it and stay in it till I was 17, 18 sort of thing. How come? Because like, I'm kind of glad I've started lower down so, so I can work my way up. Yeah. Obviously, I can still finish school, finish college, and then obviously I'm at uni now. So obviously I have to balance it, but I've still got something... Mm as a backup if I don't make it to professional level because obviously it is extremely yeah. hard and then obviously like 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 for example you said about Jamie Vardy he's basically one in a million non-league up to winning Premier League titles because it doesn't it's not one of them things that can happen overnight yeah Rome wasn't built in a day exactly um, maybe somebody who could help build Rome in a day I don't know if you put them in the classical world is a football scout now, I'm interested do you know when a scout is at your game say you're playing for Radcliffe you know does the manager say beforehand all right Jimmy Riddle from Longshot United is here and he's already nicked two of our players so have a rubbish game because we want you here uh, did you get notified that scouts are there not really but you can see you can spot them because usually where they're uh, team attire say for example when we played Addison Coles on um, Boxing Day so we were playing FC United on New Year's Day um, we mm. saw we saw a couple of, like the FC United coaches coming to watch us against so things like that. Yeah, you you, you don't you don't like get told as such, but you do you do notice them because obviously yeah. they're like team attire. So, for example, we had a player Sam. I don't know if he's. I don't think he's still there because um, they got because the new manager got rid of ninety percent of the squad. <laughs> he was scouted by Everton. I think I think it was Everton. And um, like you knew, wow. the Everton scouts was there because you could see them because they were in like their Everton gear. You said the new manager got rid of ninety percent of the players. Is is there a high turnover? <laughs> Usually, do transfers happen? And do do you move deliberately to a different club, or is it more dictated by oh, I've got a new job, so I'm going to have to move club? It just depends. What happened is uh, John Mackin left in late January uh, mutual consent in inverted commas <laughs> Carl Marginson was the FC United boss but then became our football director as such uh, basically brought his assistant in from when he was at FC United as like the new manager and he left not even not even a month after taking the job and literally I stayed about two not even two weeks after that happened I'd gone out on loan to play in the West Lanks League. John basically helped me like get get to go out on loan, and I only did that till December. And then so I came back over Christmas period, and then so basically I said, "Can I go back out on loan?" And they turned around and went, "No." So I just I basically just was like, "Well, you know, like first year at uni, I couldn't take my car, so it was making it a lot difficult to like get travelling." Yeah. So. Obviously, I just said to them, like, I'm going to leave. So I basically left and then just played for uni for the rest of the year. That's brutal, that, isn't it? Just new man comes in, has his own ideas. And you wonder, how, how do you assess your squad in a couple of exactly. weeks? He left and then they got a new manager in. And he brought a load of new players mm. in, got rid of a load of players. And then we found out, like, in the last couple of weeks, that uh, some of the existing players already mentioned one of them, uh, even though that certain player kept 45 clean sheets in 90 games over two seasons. So a very Bear good record. Mind, exactly. Uh, it turns around and said he's not in his plans. Yeah, you can't do any better than that. He wasn't secretly Edison, no. was he? No, No, but he does <laughs> Right, OK, so I guess we, we've covered some more heavy territory yeah. there. 
we'll, we'll look on the, the brighter side of things with funny stories. Do you have any moments that stand out? I know you were involved in an in initiation, I believe, oh, when you first joined Radcliffe. Many What's that like? Well, so basically, I had to get up and do a song. I sang um, Mr. Brightside by The Killers. Good choice. We went on a team team bonding exercise after a game one day, and uh, we were sat we were outside lighting the beer gong because obviously it was like I think it was the end of August, so it was quite nice. And uh, we got everyone singing in that one. I sang uh, George Ezra. What was it? Shotgun. I sang Shotgun by George Ezra. So that that was that was good. But what are, what are away days like? Do, does anything go down on the coach? Mm, uh, let's just say we have a few bevs on the coach. Oh, really? Drinking before no, the game? No, on the way back. On the way back. Okay, way we'll there, accept on that. On the way there, um, it's pretty, like, relaxed. Obviously, I put a bit of music on, on the coach, mm. uh, talking to each other. Play, we, do, we do play a bit of cards on the coach, chip a bit of money in and all that. Go, go obviously, stop off, get some food, etc. Stopped off some food. On, oh, it was on the way to South Shields this season. And then another team pulls up. It turns out it was a team we played in Cup and got beat to in the semi-finals the week before. Yeah, it's quite funny, and we knew a couple of them because one of them used to play for us. There weren't any fisticuffs, were nah. there? That's good. Right, okay, we're going to move on to finish to a quick fire round, and these are maybe just random questions that don't fit into any specific categories. Number one, does size matter when it comes to goalkeeping? Well, yes and no. Height, yes, to a certain extent. Build, kind of. So it's, yeah, we'll say yeah. <laughs> Did you know anyone who was sort of Super, super good, but they were only four foot six, so couldn't make it. Or mm, well, Ollie, well, Ollie's only five eleven. Five eleven. Oh, so there's hope for us. There's hope. There's hope yeah. for me. Exactly. When you're at a semi-pro club, do you still have to wash your own kit? No, no, no. Nope. Really? Do they have their own kit, yeah, man? They can't. That's own, cool. Well, we obviously have to wash our training kit and that. Do you have to shower with the other players after the game? Yes, otherwise you get fined. You get fined? Unless you've got a valid excuse that you've got to shoot off or whatever, you've got to shower. Really? You've got to be done, yeah. Oh, Team I'd... bonding. Team bonding, isn't it? Team bonding. I don't think I could crack that. <laughs> <laughs> How many fans would usually turn up to a game? Well, at Radcliffe, uh, first season I was there, no more than 300. Second season and this season's been a lot better. So obviously, like we average probably about seven to eight hundred, maybe a bit Pretty less. Good. But then, like we get like our marquee games, so obviously against like FC United, we get well over a thousand. So, for example, for our final, we had nearly two thousand fans at the playoff final. Do you get nervous when there are that many people there, or can you just zone them out? I've learned to try and block it out, sort of thing. To be fair, meditation does help a lot for that. Okay, well, I think that just about brings us to the end of the interview. Luke, Christy, thank you so much for joining us today. Good, thank you. Some great insights. And to everybody who's listened to this podcast, thank you very much. There'll be more coming on Purple Radio very soon. And keep yourselves safe and healthy in these troubling times. Thank you very much for listening. Purple Radio Podcasts. Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.